I am a strong black woman, and I still believe in black love. Although I'm not just waiting around for love to find me, I believe in cultivating black love. So I just want to um, real quick welcome everyone. Thank you guys for signing up and for spending some of your time with us. Um, I believe we are going to have a very insightful and productive conversation today. Um, I am Mel Williams, if you guys don't already know me, and my platform is called Black Love Recovery. And one of the key things that I feel is important with Black Love Recovery is healing Black love and how to do that is not just by me talking to Black women, but also we need to like include Black men as well in the conversation because Black love um, is also about, you know, both sides pretty much. So that's why I want to have conversations like what we're about to dive into today to, you know, be able to understand both sides of the story. This is going to be a learning opportunity so definitely you know bring your ears and you know listening ears um, you are more than welcome to ask questions in the chat at any time and we will get to them at the end as best as we can I do ask that you know you keep it respectful comments and questions please keep it respectful because again we're here to learn and to have productive conversations okay um, Yes, so that's the purpose. Um, Charles already covered a little bit about the Detroit Boys Rock Initiative that he has going on. I did drop the link below if you would like to donate, if you're able to. Um, again, because this isn't just like a one-sided initiative, I do believe that we need more mentorship for youth in general, but more particularly for young Black men as well, because to be honest, I don't feel that we see enough of it um, anywhere, really. And so that's what this initiative is about. And so in the future series that we have with Charles, we are going to be having that link dropped. So if you are mm -hmm. able to donate, then please do. Um, and with that said, I say we go ahead and get started. <laughs> so um, for those of you that may or may not know, this is the first time that we are doing something called Black Mind, which again, the whole purpose of Black Mind is to understand the perspective of Black men, um, to hear their voices, hear from their experiences. So again, we could better understand their side of the story and get to that place of healing when it comes to Black love. This is the first of the series. And today we have Mr. Charles Primas, right? Did Primas. I finish right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I'm going to go ahead and let you um, introduce yourself, just share a little bit about yourself, and then we'll dive into the interview questions that we have. Okay. Sounds good. So this is, so my name is Charles Primus. As we said, I, I am an um, IT person by trade. So I've been at Ford for, um, well, this will be year 33. Hmm. Um, so I've been married. This is, well, I think, 27 years in August. It'll be August. Oh, wow. nice. Seven years of being married. So um, and um, like that, and I have two grown children. My son is in lives in Minneapolis, and my daughter, she, well, she's home for the summer, but she's a college she's a college athlete. So that's a little bit about me. Um, and one of the things that about me and what I do and my family and that kind of thing, right? So the uh, the one thing that I've taken on as a as a commitment to is along the same lines that you're creating in this space is that. I, it, it kind of started, you know, I kind of found out this is every kind of thing that turns out positive starts with an upset. So you, 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 you get mad about, you're ticked about that. And I guess I was ticked off about was the fact that it's just started two and a half years ago, I think, if I remember the time frame right, when I posted something on Facebook, I got like 2000 friends or something like that. And one of the most energetic debates I had when I posted on this is, I said, what well, if black girls are magic, aren't black boys magic too? 
And I thought the response would be, oh yeah, sure they are. That's not the response I got. Mm-hmm. The response I got at that <laughs> point was, no, they're not. You need to get, it wasn't, it wasn't like, no, you're not. I'm going I'm to mm-hmm. back off of that. It was like, yeah, they need to get their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a child of my parents were children were 60 folks. There was that term black is beautiful that covered everybody, all of us. Right. And that's what I feel that to get back to where we have that unified front as a people, not like you, she's got hers. I got mine. And then never the train shall meet because and never the train shall meet. So then again, and so, so that's what kind of had it out and that's what kind of started the journey. And then I took a look around and I say, well, in movies and music, you watch it. Well, in the crap music, I won't start about my beef with the rap music industry. I hate that trash they put out today. But I'm saying that if you watch news channels or media or that kind of thing, right? What they do, and this is where I go into like some things are forced on us. Mm-hmm. It's like they almost intentionally not talk to black men it's always anyone speaks for black people it's black women now i don't now i love what the 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 advancements or things that black women do but where's our voice mm-hmm. where are we heard where where are they talking to us so that's created the well so inside of that came where detroit boys rock came out of well it was a little bit before that that's where it kind of got focused around these young brothers need to find their voice need to find a voice that they can articulate, they can express in a healthy way with healthy friends. And, and also gives them someone permission to be fully hu- a hu- full human being. Mm-hmm. That means emotionally and all of that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of like where it got started in my mind because that's where Detroit Boys Rock came in a little bit. And, and that's where um, my blog came in. Mm-hmm. I created my blog. It's it's the same. It's my same name.com. You can go there. That's it's actually called Quiet Thunder. So if you're redirected to Quiet Thunder, that's yeah. it. But I just tell you, I just give you that URL so that way everyone remembers it. Okay. And I'll link it too. I'll link it to the videos that we do. Okay, good. Good, good, yeah. good. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right. So that's it. Okay. Sounds good. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing that. With that, we're going to go ahead and dive into the first question. I do have the responses that you submitted and um, I had some things highlighted because I found some things that you said very interesting and I would like if you could elaborate a little bit more for us. So the first question that we had was, um, what do Black men need Black women to understand about Black men? Okay, good. So I'm going to kind of read, I kind of got what I responded there too. So it's like this. The first thing to understand is, and this is may not, the, the first thing to understand is this, is that black women are our first choice, period. You know, th- there's not, you know, yeah, it may not seem that way, but you know, statistically bears it out. There's most black men who get married, get married to black women. And that's really what they want from, that's really, that's really what their first choice is. And if you look at a lot of the things that the current black male influences are from LeBron James to Steph Curry. They're all married to, to, to black women. So it's like you get in there. So that, so really it's not talked about enough is that you are our first choice. That's the first thing to understand. The second thing I understand is this is not a black construct, but this is a male construct. Okay. And then it, but it feeds into the community. It's like men are really built to be needed, necessary. And so when we are not 
so that's the reason why there's an issue with strong black women. That's an issue with, I don't need a man. There's an issue with that because that's not really attractive for us because it's like this. If we're not necessary, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Now you may have some, you may have some brothers who like to hear, I don't, you don't need me to do this, you know, but that's not who you want, right? That's not who you, that's not who you want to deal with. You know, I guess when I was, 30 years ago and I was in the dating pool and I heard women who said that to me, that was a big turnoff for me. If I'm that I was raised, you know, I was, I wasn't raised in the hood, so to speak. So I was raised middle-class by my parents. So I was built that men are supposed to do this. Okay. And if we're excluded from doing this or not being allowed to participate in that way, then what's the point mm -hmm. now? There's a difference between some people say that, and I had this conversation before, so you had to be careful in that because we're not saying we want you to be needy like, like that, but, but we, we do need, we do want to be needed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, like that. So that's the second thing right there. That's the second thing there. The third thing is, is that, um, is that we do have feelings and here's something that, here's something that I got getting a debate about all the time is this, is that emotionally speaking, men are the same as women. Mm -hmm. How we manifest it, how we show it is completely different. You know, women can go cry, tell the girlfriends and talk to all that kind of stuff, right? They have that emotional support system where they can outlay it. You know, hey, if a guy, if a guy, if a girl, dump, if a girl dumps a guy, then we better not be crying about that, right? Or upset or should we get emotional about that? It's like the response is very different. Even though we're hurt, don't express your emotions, just move on. Don't express mm -hmm. your emotions, move on. Like that. So, and, and so that's really what happens. And then that space kind of infiltrates other relationships for sure. It's like, how do we know when to trust? How do we know we have our safe space where we can talk? How do we know that we can be who we really are fully, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and so, if you kind of take the case that emotionally we're the same, just the outward expression of it is different, then then you know what you're then then you know what you're dealing with a little bit, right? Like that. And and finally, the the fourth one, and this is this is specifically to, to black men, is this is that. Um, you know, black men have enough enemies. We got a lot of people that want us in jail, want us away, want us dead, want us all those kind of things. So that want us gone. Because there's some people that say, some people that get really radical that says there's an, actually an intention over the last 30, 40 years to eliminate black men from families, from communities, everything. So we got enough people that don't want us around. We don't need another enemy. And so, and so what happens here is, is that, and so what happens here is, is that, you know, to get that, there's a story, I guess if we use Barack Obama as the narrative behind that, right? It's like this, he isn't who he was without Michelle. I don't care how you put it, that's just how it is. He just isn't what he is without Michelle. Now I could flip it and say the other the other way Michelle could be who she is without him, but that's what that's a modern day construct here, right? Because they're they're pushing that. But mm -hmm. but yeah, so we don't need more enemies. 
And it's like, you know, at least the good ones among us, we need that support and consideration. So that's kind of like the four responses that I had. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, think that, I think that when black men feel that they don't have black women in their corner, like in their corner, then there's a feeling of aloneness there. Mm-hmm. I am on my own. I, I'm on my own like that. And at least just that's that comes from conversations. That's just not from me talking. That's from conversations with other brothers that I've had and other social groups and that kind of thing. But there's that feeling like mm. aloneness. I'm on my gotcha. own. Gotcha. Well, hey, thank you for sharing that perspective. Now, I do have a couple of questions diving into a few of the points that you made. The first yep. one that I would kind of like to dive into is when you were talking about, I guess, like the, you know, like how like the strong Black woman and how she says there are some that say, hey, we don't need you or we don't need a man. I could, I, I got this by myself, yada, yada. What are your thoughts as far as like, I guess, when it comes to relationships, finding, I guess, maybe that balance? Because I think like for some women, there are women out there and I've seen a few of them and they're completely like, hey, I don't need a man. I got this. I got my own, blah, blah, blah. And then there are the women that are, I guess, strong by circumstance or whatever experiences they've gone through in life. And I guess maybe they need to know how do I, I guess, not emasculate, you know, a man? How do we find our roles in the relationship and make it work and make it a partnership versus a, you know, tug of war for dominance or power? Yeah, yeah that's, that's big. Let me think about that. So the first thing, the first point you made about circumstance, okay, is that, and we covered it a little bit in the pre in, in the pre chat about this one, is that circumstances do pull black men away, right? So the one thing that I posted out there was this: is that when I got present to for myself that no black women don't hate us, it's the fact that we're not we're not there, mm. and we're not there because of the first part of it is circumstances. Because when you take a look at one in three and one in four black men are going to prison at some point in their life and time, who's left holding the ball on that? Yeah. The women are right, and then, and so now that's the construct. That's the construct. That's the construct there. So, um, so yeah, there's that piece of it, right? Now, I don't. The the one thing about, and I think that, well, for me, this is my view. I'm not single, yeah. so I don't have this kind of dynamic in my life anymore. But it's like that construct around like. Um, you know, I don't need a man and that kind of thing, right? I, I think that the, um, I don't think there's just listening to, I don't think there's a concern about if you are actually able to take care of yourself. Bills, finances, that's great, right? That's great, right? That's great. But what, but what some men want to do is just be a contribution above and beyond that. Okay, gotcha. Now it's not now it's not like a tug of war. It's like, okay, well, what other contribution can I make? I know you can take care of yourself. I said before is that the we really don't want to interact with a strong black woman. We want to interface with you. And there's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. There, there's a different thing because strong that's a construct. That's something you built up. That's a that's a persona. We have our own personas too, like strong black man, you can't hurt me. That kind of those are personas that we built to kind of protect ourselves from stuff that's happened before. Gotcha. But on the flip side of it is, is that so now I think that the thing to do is to really take a look at are we really engaging each other's human beings hmm. first? 
Okay. That would be my response to it. Gotcha. So it sounds like you're talking about getting to the heart of the matter, the heart of the person versus like the outside circumstance. So like paying bills and all of that, like getting to know that person, individual. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, That's just, I mean, you go through, you go through ups and downs and hurdles and lack of, commu and, and lack of communication because, you know, the communication, you know, I'm not, so I'm by far not the, I'm by no stretch of imagination, the best communicator ever, right? That's, you know, that, that's, you know, that's not a real, like, perfect, but here's the thing, though. Um, but, you know, that contribution, I think that, that I bring. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Right. Okay. That I bring, right? Like that. So just kind of recognizing that piece. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I guess a little bit to piggyback on that a little bit. There was, I guess, a mention of like um, when Black women maybe say that we don't need a man, that sometimes it could be perceived as saying that we don't need a Black man, particularly. Yep. And so yep. um, what I had here was, um, hold on. <laughs> okay, so why do you feel that some Black men might interpret a woman saying, I don't need a man, as I don't need a Black man specifically? Um, well... If it's a black woman talking, who else would she be talking about? Hmm. It's like, you know, it, it's it's kind of like there's some kind of presumption that goes in there, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the um there's a um and then there's also certain kind of perceptions that we have that we couch in language that evolve from that, like, okay, well, is she really talking about? If you're really talking about a man, if you're talking about N words that we like to throw around, right? Gotcha. Now, now who needs that, right? No one needs that, right? But it's like the the, the thing about it is, is that the um, it's all inside the same conversation. You see, as who am I to you? Mm -hmm. And it's like. And it's like the and if we go into other things, what, what some what some brothers what some people have seen is, is that when if you get a just some black women who decide okay I'm going to go date some white they they don't have that construct they they somehow that contract disappears so so there's certain things that I talked to and that's something to go a little bit further it's yeah. we don't have to fight through we have to some some men we have to fight through that gotcha we have to fight. We have to fight to be necessary. Some of us, right? Gotcha. Whereas, whereas somebody who's white doesn't have, they have that credibility somehow that we don't have with even, even, even in there for somehow. So that's what it seems like to me, because it's like, oh, things are wonderful now. Well, because you know we look like the same three guys who did whatever to you, right? But I'm not that guy. But this guy looks different, so now he's better. I got you. <laughs> and that is something you're right that you do touch on a little bit more. So what I'm taking away from your response is that it seems like it's this sort of, I guess, maybe social construct or like how we know the narrative that's kind of been painted of Black men in general. So when a woman is saying, I don't need a man, there's kind of that already context of, hey, we, we know you're talking about a Black man or yeah, whatever. But, but I'm going to add this layer on too. It's like, that's just not a conversation black women have. Black men have the same conversation. They're just, we're just as bad, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of say that, oh, well, I don't want to go black. That's nothing but drama and pain and all that kind of stuff. It's like, just stop because, and that just comes from inside the conversation. So we're, this isn't about a conversation. I'm just going to make black men look good. I'm not going to do that, right? 
I'm just telling you like this, we got the same mess going on. Mm-hmm. And our mess is, is like, and I kind of get ticked off when I hear, oh, they're just, and I, I find myself getting upset when I hear black, some brothers talking about, well, I don't want to date somebody black because I want to, I want to, I don't want all this drama in my life. I'm like, well, like I said, I was growing up before I went to black college, it was like this. So when I was growing up, when I become aware of who I was, mm-hmm. Really? And me being six four, six five, three hundred pound football player, I was I I became really apparent to the place that the only woman that's got a chance to really get me, like internally, what had to be someone of my had to be somebody black because I can't come home married to some white girl and then I'm complaining about all the stuff white people do all the time. That, 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 that's that's crazy, right? That's crazy to me. So why would you even why would you even put yourself through that where I gotta come home and now I gotta be careful what I say about white people? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So so right. So right. So so yeah, I just I just wanted to say that, but I didn't want anyone to get get it twisted that I was just down in the sisters on this. No, I'm telling you the brothers act the same way. Yeah. I, and we got to that conversation. Yeah, I absolutely can, you know, see that. And I hear it as well, both sides. I do feel that, you know, the societal conditioning and the narratives that's been painted of both Black men and Black women has a great deal to do with, you know, the perceptions that we have of even each other, aside from what other people have, you know. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. So the last question that I had for, ooh, hold up. Let me make sure I'm not skipping around. Okay, yeah. So last question I had on this point is what should black, where should black women draw the line, I guess, with being maybe patient or understanding if she may not be in a healthy relationship? How does she know that I guess the black man is making progress or opening up more as she provides a safe space? So I think this is kind of touching on um the last point that you made, where it says, you know, black men, we have enough enemies, we don't need, you know, black women to also join onto that bandwagon, we need, you know, to feel safe and have a, you know, a safe space and a corner of women in our corner. And so one of the things from like the women's side and something that I feel that black women could, I guess, better understand the perspective on is like, let's say that, you know, she's dating a black man and she feels like, you know, maybe he hasn't addressed all of his, you know, internal issues or traumas or whatever. And she's like feeling like she's being the supportive woman. She feels like she's being in his corner. She's trying to support him. And she doesn't feel like he's like really working, I guess, to make the relationship, you know, last. So where in, from your perspective, where do you feel that a woman should know, okay, you've done your best and like, okay, whether or not, you know, she should know whether or not things are gonna change or get better. Is there a point that you would say from a man's perspective where like, okay, you did your best shot, things aren't gonna work out, you should probably move on. Where is that line if you do have that's a di- well, I think that's a difficult question to answer. It's, it's, and you go, it's a case by case basis, right? Mm-hmm, but, but I would say that the, um, if you're in communication, and you're saying that, um, I don't know, whatever the case may be, like you say this or you do this, or you tr- if you're in communication and he doesn't evolve with that, then that's one thing. Then you also have to decide, okay, well, what, I mean, no, no mate or spouse is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some things, there's some things that, 
in, in marriage or relationships that are going to annoy the hell out of you. And okay, can you live with the whole big picture, right? Mm -hmm. Does that mild annoyance, are you going to blow up that mild annoyance up to the point where you're going to blow up the whole thing, right? That's, that's one thing. But, you know, but I think also, um, I think that men, if they really care to be in that, they try to evolve hmm. somehow, okay? Now, it may not look the way you want it to look. It may not look the way you want it to look, but they're going to try to evolve with it, you know, evolve, evolve. So, um, you know, like, like that. And I think that the, um, but I think that's it. I think that, you know, is there, is there an effort coming in, like, realistically? And, and have a conversation. Another thing is, another conversation is that, and this is probably somewhat tangentially related is this, is that sometimes I think that when women talk, women, when women talk to their girlfriends, they're talking to the wrong people. Mm. You got male friends, you got, you got, you got cousins, you got male cousins, male friends, it's like this. So, Hey, you got a few of them you can trust and talk to, talk to them. What do you think of this? And, and if there's someone who's trusted, who, who's, who's, who's a trusted one, they can give you better insight than anyone else because they can say, look, you know, um, you know, you know, they, they can say, look, or kind of give you that perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, um, a lot of times, and I think most women do have men around them that they can trust and talk to and say, okay, this is what, especially especially if it evolves into something dangerous, potentially, right? Then at that point, it's like saying, hey, listen, at that point, men are going to be saying, you need to go like yesterday. Mm -hmm. gotcha. and, we'll, and we'll help you get out of there. But here's the thing. Find some men around you that you can talk to to get their perspective on things. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, um, you, know, and it, it, you know, it's the same thing for men, too, to find some so when they because because you know they they have different perspectives so find someone who can give you that perspective okay love it love it so pretty much what i'm hearing is that hey get the male's perspective get a man's perspective on something before you jump in the gun too much and also that you should be able to notice you know visibly or some sort of effort to know whether or not you know i guess it's worth continuing to invest in so that's what i'm taking away yeah pretty sure and also and also it also it's like you know um there's annoyances that go they're gonna go on and you have to decide like okay well it am i gonna take this little thing and blow up the whole thing over something that i probably could adjust to or live with and it's like the just you live with mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that goes both I ways, I'm sure. I am sure it goes both ways. Yeah, I know, I know I'm annoying. You know, I'm annoying <laughs> and I do things that kind of like kind of like tick tick my wife daily, probably, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, um, but you know, if she needs if she needs me, I'm gonna be there. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, I'm a jerk 97% of the day. I get that, but <laughs> I'm gonna be there. Like, gotcha. the, right. Yeah. See that? So hey, marriages work, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, if you think if you think if you think it's all about that glass slipper slipper and happily ever after thing, 
that's no. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> gotcha. All right, well, let's move on to the um, second question that I have here. The second question is, what are the biggest struggles that you feel Black men face in life, generally speaking? And then also, what are the biggest struggles you feel when it comes to relationships and Black love for Black men? So generally speaking in life, and then can you tie it a little bit more to relationships and Black love, the biggest struggles that you feel Black men face? I touched on it a little bit before, is that some women, I read a meme, I forget what it is, and memes usually annoy me. But I read a meme because people they oversimplify and people fix their whole life around memes. But I read this one meme and someone wrote that if you're black and male, if you're if you're something about tying black men into the patriarchy. Mm. Okay. And we're not the patriarchy. If you, every single measure will tell you that black men are not part of the patriarchy, every single measure will tell you that we're the primary target of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, just like I talked about one in, you know, one in three go to prison. 32% of our inmates are in prison. Um, and I read, so if you go to Brookings Institutes, the conversations, they will tell you that, they will tell you that um, they have a lot of data that tells you about the state of Black men. It's like, you know, well, that as you rise up in income or, or education, for black men that does not reduce their rates of being discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, conversely, conversely for black women, they they go up the chain and they're not so much discriminated against. But then again, you got to ask the question, who's making the decisions about who gets what? White men make that call. So now, and they have, and they so, 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 and it's not really like intentionally evil. There's just a higher implicit bias. So you have a lot of brothers who's making a whole lot of money that aren't really what, where they want to get. So, so the one thing to understand is like this, we're not part of the power structure. You know, we try to be, we really try to be and try to make our way and try to do, do those things like this, but we're, we're, we're sometimes identified by someone as part of that, but we're not. Just because a black brother was elected president doesn't mean that we're part of the patriarchy. As a matter of fact, everything you've seen since then was the reaction to them having to give up power for eight years where the president of the United States did not look like them. It has them shook right now. So what I'm saying, so that's the one thing. And actually, there's a fear of us. When you, and I could go down the list because I put in there about, you know, Black men are 80% of NFL players, but only three black coaches. Hmm. You can't get, you can't, they can't coach the team. They can't own the team. They can't be the general manager. They can't be anything like that. So, uh, so it's like fighting through all of that and where we know we should be and not being there does cause attention in a relationship, hmm. maybe because part of it, and I'm not, Maybe because part of it is, it's like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to take the family here, but I only got here. Hmm. You see what I mean? And there, and it's like, there's, there's a disappointment in, their, in oneself about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got two degrees. I did this, I did this, I went this, I got this training and still I'm only here. And other people that aren't as smart as me are here. And why is that the case? So um, it's a... Um, I'm not sure how it 
challenges into into relationships so much but um if it goes into the relationship it's maybe a tension about where you think you should be Absolutely. versus where you are right I where you think so. you should be where you are right like like that and also um and just essentially like i think i covered it before i think i talked about it before it's just when you're dealing with all that there's a lot of stress that comes with that yeah and sometimes you just need that space where i can just unwind unpack it all and then that way um and then in that space over so that's safe that's safe space yeah so because a lot of times what um because one thing that's understanding about men in general and i couldn't talk i didn't talk about it before was that really what most men want is a place of peace mm. i wanted to be peaceful i wanted to be peaceful i wanted to be comfortable i want to be this and that is what we'll defend right that's what we'll defend and so sometimes i don't know what that looks like mm. all of us are different as far what peaceful looks like right but yeah um dealing with all that stress and dealing with everything you have to deal with a place of peace is like one thing that comes one thing that comes into that dimension but that's just me talking someone else may give you a different answer on hey that. i absolutely agree with that i definitely think and something that i do talk about and share is like some of the struggles that black men face based on the conversations that i've had with them as well you know as far as like you know livelihood being able to provide, get a job, and like you said, education and all those other factors and how it does play into the relationship because you're right. Some of them are looking like maybe like, hey, you know, I feel like I should be able to take my family here, but I'm limited based on, you know, things that are beyond my control. Something mm -hmm. else that you had shared in your response um, as far as some of the struggles that Black men face was just, you said, just the pressure of having to live in such a way that others feel safe leaves Black men feeling yeah. tense and uncertain. The challenge right. is that we need to have a place of peace as you you already said where you guys can lay down your guard so the question that i wanted to ask was could you just speak a little bit more to that please what is it like for black men to constantly feel tense and uncertain when it comes okay. to making others feel safe and not appearing to be some sort of threat okay so let me make it per let me make it personal a little bit personal for you right so um i am by no stretch small i'm like a big guy so I'm a big guy. And I'm also present to the fact that if I come in the presence of some people, they may view that as frightening. Mm. Now, here's what happens. So now what that what that makes happen is, is that, and this comes from my generation down, from my father's generation to my generation, was saying like, hey, look, you can't get mad. Mm. You can't show you're upset. You can't get mad because if you get mad, they'll kill you. We see that today with what happened with George Floyd and that kind of thing. And I also pointed out that, you know, and I think that um, um, Maria Taylor did, you know, Maria, Maria Taylor is, she's on ESPN and she kind of talked about her brother where there's this statement, if I encounter police, it's either comply or die. Mm -hmm. Now that's one aspect, that's the extreme aspect of it, right? So really when you, so really, when you encounter police, they sometimes intentionally want to drive you to do something yeah. or say something that would cause them to give that's them the right, right to harm to do you harm. That's the that's the one piece of it, you know. Um, the and also 
the other side of it that kind of well, it ticked me off is when that lady killed that guy in Dallas when she walked into the wrong apartment room and shot him in the back of the head, right? The media, the instant thing they did was they justified her doing it. Oh, well, he had weed in there. He was smoking weed or whatever it is. This is time out, time out. She walked in the wrong apartment and killed this guy. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, and on top of that, when we went to court, everyone's crying about, well, you shouldn't have to, we need to forgive him for, for forgive her for doing that and i said i had a problem with forgiveness then wait a minute she 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 did this she took this man's life and and the whole thing so it's like this so the the state to put it a long story short a lot of black men are walking around clear that whatever confrontation they get in they're wrong mm. if you walk any confrontation with anyone at all you're wrong so I don't want to make, you know, I don't, so now I, so when you walk into certain situations, I have to walk in consciously aware that I, everyone feels safe. I want everyone to feel safe. I have to be really nice. So that way people don't have to, and that, that wears on people because if you're not giving good service and you're upset and then the other person feels threatened, now you're wrong. Gotcha. You know, so, so really it's like the, um, so some of us, it may, this may be better now than it was 20, 30 years ago, but there's still that dynamic when you encounter us, we're scary and you need to prove you're safe. Mm -hmm. And that wears on people, gotcha. it wears on us. And I don't, and I honestly don't think anyone else faces that. Mm. I don't think any other group of men face that kind of pressure where you have to feel safe. We, we have to modify our behavior so someone else feels safe. Gotcha. Now, I do have a question. It's one that I just came up with based off of what you were just saying, tying it more specifically to the context of, context of a relationship, um, you know, Black man, Black woman in a relationship. As far as like, um, I guess, a Black man not feeling that he's able to express himself like let's say you know there's an argument or he's upset and like you said a little while ago he might feel that he has to either tone it down or he has to kind of like give in and concede or like you said he automatically feels like hey I'm wrong in order for this to make peace I just got to concede and you know you win so to speak um I don't feel personally that that is like a healthy way to you know mm -hmm. deal with things <laughs> at mm -hmm. all so I guess what are your thoughts or maybe what would you offer to black women to kind of like avoid you know what can a black woman do to kind of like make sure that both voices are being heard and like she's not that the black man isn't always constantly feeling like I have to give in or submit to her or be the weaker one or whatever I don't think that you know uh, that again again that depends upon the guy and I think that the the thing is is that the uh that depends upon the guy and I don't think there's anything really to be done about that other than just here you see because if you saw them you ever anyone you see the movie of bill street could talk you see that movie mm -mm. see the movie bill street could talk it's a it's a it's a really powerful movie and and in it kind of goes into the situation where it's something about we talk about and this goes from slavery all the way down to now too it's like the cop came in and what it was is is wanted the cop came in and wanted to do something to 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 the to the guy the black guy that was the protagonist in the movie 
Well, his girlfriend actually stood in the way of the police officer. So, cause he, she figured that the police officers would not hurt her, but would hurt him. So she's standing in the way. Well, for some men, that's embarrassing. Mm. I'm supposed, what do you mean? You're in front of me. I'm supposed to protect you. Don't, and that, that's a conversation that happened in the movie. They don't do that again. I'm supposed to protect you. Don't stand in there, right? So really it's kind of like a space to kind of like decompress or something like that, but there's nothing really to do inside, inside a relationship like that because really what could she do if she didn't have anything to do with what happened? She didn't create that mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside created that mess. So if she didn't, she didn't break it. She didn't have to fix it. It's just <laughs> you know, uh, it just, just, just kind of be supportive and listening to kind of like or, or attentive to kind of like that thing. And you know, you know. So I don't see there's nothing like to do. Mm-hmm. It's just a space where okay, I can like decompress and come to peace, my own that kind of thing, right? And and, and sometimes ask questions like you know. Um, are you okay? And then, of course, you're gonna get the answer. Yeah, I'm good. When they're not, but it's like just, just, just to know that somebody's there that cares about them. Mm-hmm. Everything. Okay, because I kind of feel like I guess like it's also touching on. I totally understand where there's circumstances where you know the woman didn't do anything, but you know the saying like "happy wife, happy life." And a lot of mm-hmm. men kind of like take that to mean like, hey, whatever she wants, whatever it takes to make her happy, just go with it. And then you won't have to hear her nagging. You won't have to hear her crying, you know, all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, to that point, to, to that point, it's like, you know, it, it's not that extreme, but it is all about saying that, you know, you, you, we should do, we should try to do or make sense. This goes back into the evolving piece, right? Mm-hmm. We should try to do something that makes our wife happy. We should try to do something like that. We should try. I mean, sometimes, you know, for most of us, we're going to fall short of it. And a lot of times you got to tell us this is what you want to do, right? But the thing is, is that the uh, at the end of the day, it's like um, if they're going back to the point where I said the black man, men feel they need to be necessary, mm-hmm. okay? If we're clear that if we're clear that we've shown value, that may be where the that conversation comes in. It's like, look, I know I'm of value, so I got this done. I've cut the grass. I've got this time that now I can go and chill out. So now I'm happy because I've taken care of this. Mm-hmm. So it it it's not again something to do or something like that. But it's like, you know, there's a certain amount of contentment and peace around, I'm able to take care of my family. Gotcha. Okay, so I guess kind of what I'm hearing you saying is just like the fact that a woman appreciates her man and the things that he does and that he feels needed and valued in that sense, that kind of all like automatically alleviates some of that tension. And then I guess if it ever comes to a point, um, you know, where they do kind of like, like button heads is like hey he already knows and understands that he's appreciated and valued so he may not feel i guess like threatened so to speak in a sense because he knows that he's yeah. appreciated and valued. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Well, it's not going to, I mean, for regional, I'm not going to say for all brothers, but for regional brothers, it's like you get it. Okay, well, this is just a concern. And we're having that discussion. Mm-hmm. If inside the larger question, inside the larger question, larger question of, am I valuable to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tension if I don't feel a value. Gotcha. I don't feel a value because now that's see because there's a statement that says that I, I read this once. There's the argument you're having. And there's an the argument that you really have. Mm. So it's like you know you you can be arguing about one thing. But there's a whole lot of stuff in the background that's inside the argument that you're not really dealing with. Yeah. So one of them could be, am I, who am I to you? Who am I to you? Mm-hmm. But, wow. but, but still again, still again, if a guy wants to just play video games and drink beer all day and that's his, his life, then probably that's not the one. But I'm saying at the end of the day, it's like, cause th- there's no drive or ambition there, right? Yeah. Then, yeah, then you probably want to not be. <laughs> I'm saying that the thing is, it's like, you know, but if someone's trying to be valuable, like that. Makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, I have one more question for this series on the session this evening. So if you guys have any questions, please go ahead and drop them in the chat. Um, the last question for this evening that I have is, what unique challenges, if any, do you feel Black men experience dating Black women? And I know that we kind of touched on it a little bit, but yeah. this is the time to dive into it. So, okay, <laughs> okay. So I already talked. I already talked about fighting through that strong Black women thing and how it seems that other men can get through that barrier quicker than us in some cases, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go there. And then the other thing of it is, is that. Um, and the, the, again, this is black men and related to, to women in general is, is that they sometimes are made to feel, and this is social, social media drives a whole lot of stuff that's awry. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but it's like some brothers feel that I got to have all my stuff together before I can even approach. Mm. And for a lot of young men that I talk to, it's like the whole concept of um so now i have to have this in place financially so that i can be in a relationship never mind that to me the best relationship is you start you get married and you grow together mm-hmm. that concept is not no i gotta be here no you it's like no find one that you do that so a lot of it's over here in our heads right mm-hmm. what stuff that we have to do because of the fact that we we hear what some black women put on social media and we interpret that as the truth, mm-hmm. which is not the truth, right? Which is not the truth. We say, yeah, I got to be able to get you on a yacht. I got to be able to have this fancy car, take you to this whole dinner, that kind of thing. Well, the best dates I'm hearing mm-hmm. people are just out where you can talk and coffee and kind of move. De- what kind of thing you just, kind of, it's not, you don't have to spend like a thousand dollars on dinner. Mm-hmm. So so that's going on. But I also want to talk about uh, social media. Um, and I invite everyone here to watch the movie, the documentary, The Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma is, um, The Social Dilemma is a movie about how the internet drives what we, what we want, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it, Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, Snapchat, they're all free. Well, the one thing that in IT they say is if the product's free, if, 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 if what you're looking at is free, then you are the product. Mm. So why is Facebook free? Facebook's free because advertisers pay dollars for that. Yeah. And what they do is this, is that, and this is where I know that what you click on, you what you what you click on, like for example, three weeks ago when I bought when I bought my bought my new golf clubs for like the next month, next two weeks. Facebook just kept bombarding me with golf ads, right? <laughs> they know what I bought, and then now they're showing it to me again. Yes. But that, that goes a little bit deeper because here's something else is that um, if you if you react to black men or women who are saying stupid and disrespectful stuff on social media and you react to that, that's what Facebook's going to show you on your timeline. That's mm-hmm. what's going to show up. So now, yeah, we want you angry clicking around on Facebook and then clicking on our ads because, hey, that get that you know, that feeds our dollars. We don't care about if you have a healthy relationship. We don't care about all that kind of stuff. We're just going to keep you mad clicking around Facebook. Mm. So it's like the um, and and I guess I, I guess I say that because um, I guess I say that because what I've seen, because when I stopped reacting to some of the stuff I was reacting to before, I don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. If I'm reacting to stuff like uh, stuff like the stuff I'm the stuff in this space, I see it. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's not really a unique challenge per se. Uh, it, it is a unique challenge because, well, most people don't understand how social media drives our behavior. Mm-hmm. but particularly for us we use social media as a sounding board for everything we want to say and then that and now the conflict that was like this is blown up to like you got 50 yeah. people in the conversation and now it's a big now it's a and now it's a, now it's a digital street ball street mm-hmm. brawl that's what you got right so um that's kind of like what i what i wanted to say about say about that one Okay, gotcha. Now I did have two follow on questions to that. Um, I know you've touched on it already a little bit, but I did want to ask you if you could just maybe give some of the examples or so we could have a better understanding, I guess, from a black woman standpoint, I guess, what are some of the ways that you feel um, black women may not struggle? What are some of the ways that you feel um, black men um, may struggle more than men of other races when it comes to dating a black woman? Like, what are some of the, I guess, maybe challenges or obstacles that Black men, I guess, face with Black women that another race may not? Mm. I have a feeling one might be like, you're talking about about the struggle, you're talking about the struggle. Well, here's the thing. I'm going back to what, I'm going back to what the expectations are. Mm -hmm. So it's like this. A lot of Black men kind of go into a relationship with a Black woman expecting drama. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to have to deal with drama. Why? You already know she's going to bring you drama. So now, now you're going to cause drama, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the, um, so I think the first thing is expectations. That's one thing. And it's like, um, and again, this is not something that can be debt to Black women can do, but it's like, you know, uh, but it's like, you know, you can kind of get a feel for, how someone is pretty quickly, right? And 
but yeah, I think that's the one thing about expectation. But I think that expectation thing cuts both ways because when black women and black men get in a relationship, both of us both expect drama. Yeah. It's like, I expect drama, something's gonna go bad. He's gonna cheat, she's gonna lie, something else is gonna go on, right? And then guess what? It happened. So it's yeah. like the, but sometimes I think we need to expect better of each other. Yeah. And and not assume and not assume the worst. Right. But right. you gotta be responsible about it too. You can't just think great about everybody and being right. you, that no, that's that's silly. <laughs> that's silly because there's some people that you should run away screaming from yeah <laughs> run away screaming from. but on, on on the flip side of it is is that the um yeah expectations okay. expectations i wholeheartedly agree then the second follow-on question i had um you mentioned like putting a financial stamp on the relationship are you pretty much just referring to like you were talking about earlier that I guess in the mind of a black man, um, it's kind of been imprinted based on social media or what black women tell him that, hey, in order for you to like date me or even measure up, you need to be able to afford this and do this. It ain't the women. It ain't the women women telling them that, right? If you go listen to some of these these guys, the the messages that a lot of young black men are giving now today is just get paid. Hmm. I'm gonna get paid. So... And that leads to some activities they shouldn't be in. But here's the thing: I'm saying like this: just get paid. That's where the whole financial. That's where the whole financial stamp on a relationship is. And so now a financial stamp is on everything. So hey, if I have this, I should. If I have this, then you should go out with me. Or have this, then this should happen. So that's what I'm talking about by a financial stamp. It's like, um, and I think yeah, I was reading that number because I didn't want this to be perceived as something that black women are telling them mm-hmm. this is something this is something men are telling each other you got to get paid don't worry about all this stuff you got to get paid mm-hmm. and um so that's a poison we create in our own brain mm-hmm. it's not something it's yeah, not something yeah. that is necessary now some some women will tell that right mm-hmm. but for the vast majority of it is is that that's a construct that young brothers are told mm-hmm. i got to be paid Gotcha. Ah, ah. That's unfortunate because it does kind of lead to focusing more on materialistic things versus the character and, you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank yeah. you. Those are the questions that I had for this evening. I'm going to go over to the chat and see what we have from everyone. All right. So the first question that I have here, I'm going to read. I want to say it's Andrea Rogers. Um, let's see. Okay. So the first question I have, it says, I hope this is appropriate for this forum. What can I as a white woman do to help ease the struggle of the black man, either systematically or in my day-to-day encounters? Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for that question. Um, what would you have to say, Charles? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. I think that ad- ad- advocacy and awareness Mm-hmm. being involved in this conversation and sharing and sharing that thought because it's like the um that will be the one thing it's like uh no it's kind of like the same thing that happened how this country got emotional correctly emotional about when all these 
immigrant children got put in cages, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It was a constant media focus. Uh, I think what I mean by advocacy is to say, okay, well, this is the state that black men have in there. Demand that, demand that your relatives, your uncles, your cousins talk about that, right? What, what we need to do something about that because these are human beings and we're locking them up in ridiculous numbers. Mm. And by the way, if you're putting, if you're locking up black men in that way, that has an impact on the on the on the family because I've never I've been fortunate. You know, it's just I never had anything to do. But what I am pretty clear about is that not many people come out of prison better. Yeah. They come out of prison damaged so now we just so now we just set up them to be damaged and it's okay so the one thing about it is is advocacy 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 and talking about it advocacy and talking about it but when you're talking about it is be specific to what what i'm saying here right like that yeah Absolutely. And the one thing I usually encourage people to do is to find what you're passionate about. You know, one person can't go out and save the whole entire world doing everything. So what I would advise, um, just find something that you're passionate about, whether it's dealing with children, whether it's like, you know, inmates or prison system, whether it's education, mentorship, find what you're passionate about and see what's going on in your community. Plug into that. If you don't see what you're passionate about or something to plug into in your community, get something started, just like Charles mentioned earlier. <laughs> get something started um, and plug in, you know, to other people that are passionate about the same thing, get something started. One person, again, may not be able to change the world with everything, but you can definitely change, you know, one individual's or several individuals world just by Absolutely. taking action and, you know, just starting a conversation like we're having now, you know, Absolutely. this is a Zoom call, we're having a conversation, and I hope that you guys are getting something beneficial out of this, okay? If you are, then please share it in the comments. I would love to know. <laughs> All right, so that's what I recommend, and I thank you for that question. I appreciate it. All right, let's go on to the next question. All right, this is from Sheena. Why are some Black men uncomfortable with Black women dating outside their race, yet will sleep with that same different race or marry them? What are your thoughts, Charles? Oh, okay. All right, I, I I think I'm ready for this, um, because because we're because because we're men and we act like men. Here's the thing, mm -hmm. the um, white men do the same thing. White men act the same way too. It's like this is what black men talk about all the time. White men will come in and date black women in droves. They'll come up, they can they can they'll bring their black girlfriend to the dinner table, but if a brother shows up to take their sister out, they are pissed. So it's really. It's re I mean, even they show one picture of the guy who was one of the founders of the Proud Boys. He married a black woman. So it's like, why is that so? Because we're men and men act like men. It's like, it, it, it's, just, it's just men act, you know, men act like men. There's a certain amount of, um, That's the one. That's the one dimension of it, right? When I keep saying that men are men, we are men, and I think that the. Um, but I also don't believe that the same brothers that are mad about black women marrying outside their race are the ones that are, are the ones that are actively going out to date outside their race. Mm -hmm. Because they're mad, they're mad about it. So a reason why a lot of people are mad about it is because of the fact that okay, well, 
you know, it, it's kind of like it's kind. They're mad about it because, hey, you know, why does he get her, and I? Why does he can? Why can he get next to her, and I can't? The the um, from what I'm seeing, it's like this: white black, a black man who's gonna marry a white guy, marry a date a white girl, doesn't give a damn who black woman date. Doesn't care, right? Doesn't care. But but black men who are actively looking for black women may be a little bit upset by that, right? Yeah. You see, so it's like so so it's, so it's like that. So um, you, you're talking two groups of people. Mm. That's what you're talking about. You're talking two groups of people. You know, that that's just that's just the way I that's just the that's just the way I see it. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, I kind of like my two cents on that would be, I do feel kind of like what you're touching on as not really a race thing. <laughs> I do feel that it is kind of like a, um, you know, just like a, I guess more of a man and a woman thing. I think it kind of goes both ways, you know, I, you know? I want to say that I want to say this. So you have to remember this. You have to remember this. The reason I say it's it, well, first of all, between I think from the end of slavery to about 1930, there were like almost 5,000 black men that were lynched, known to be lynched. They were lynched, why? Because mm -hmm. someone said, someone said they interacted mm -hmm. with a white woman. This is 1930s, this isn't 1730s, this happened last century, right? Mm -hmm. and, and my father was born in 32. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, so now, that's the West, the one aspect of it. That's why Tulsa, Oklahoma was bombed and burned down to the mm -hmm. ground. That's why Rosewood, Florida was bombed and burned down to the ground. That's the reason why you had all those people burning the step, Capitol steps over there. It's like this. And so now there's a certain dynamic there that, so there is that, and I'm not sure or would say that black men would act like this if we were in power like they are, right? Mm-hmm. The set the, the the but I just want to point it out that I want to point it out that they this is where white male privilege come in they get away with a lot of things that we could never get away with mm -hmm. right it's like how can you be a member of the Proud Boys and married to a black woman you're you that doesn't mm -hmm. that doesn't jive right how can you do this over there from and and but here's the thing while all that was going on. Strom Thurmond was a segregationist. He had a black child. You go over there and talk about it, all this. So it's like the um, when, well, there's a certain hypocrisy in this conversation that I'm not, doesn't deal directly with the question that was asked, right? But it is a male construct because that's white males being territorial over stuff they think they own. Mm -hmm. Okay, like I that. You. I got you. Right. Okay, thank you. Um, I will add like, yes, I kind of feel like I will go back a little bit. There is an aspect of, I guess, race to the extent that um, from the statistics that I've seen, like there's a comparison of the number of black men that go out and marry outside of race and the women, black women going and marrying outside of race. From what I've seen, it has shown that black men do it more, like they go outside of race to marry more. And the question here, I'm gonna to try to stick to the question. Um, why do some black men feel uncomfortable with black women dating outside of race, but they do it the same? Um, Again, I kind of feel like that's more of not like a black or race color thing. I kind of feel like maybe kind of like what you touched on is more of like maybe a territorial type thing or like, hey, you know, aren't we good enough? Maybe tying back to that sense of value type thing. I, I that's just say, my... Yeah, I would say I'm going back to the answer to the question is this. 
is that be careful how you're phrasing the question. You're not talking about the same group of people. As I mm -hmm. said before, black men who are date outside their race don't really care who black women date. Gotcha. They don't. They don't, right? It's the black men that really want to marry black That's, women. Yeah. Those are the ones that are getting a little bit upset about the whole thing. It's right. like, it's kind of like this. And we get upset by it's glorified, like this whole Harry, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle thing, right? Why is it that I saw on, on 100 me media feeds by black women about how supportive and loving Harry was to, to Meghan Markle? And we're sitting there looking like we do this every day. Mm -hmm. We support him every day, and but he's he gets on Oprah and shows how much he, he gets on Oprah and Tyler Perry does this for him. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's getting praise for stuff we do every day. Gotcha. And it's like, and it's like, you know, and, and so now it's like um and that caused an upset. Well, again, this is an argument. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even share this upset out of there. I'm sharing it here. But it's an upset because it's like, if I said that, then the blowback is, is why are you get mad? He's just supporting his, he's just supporting his black woman. I said, you're not getting my point at all. Mm -hmm. We do this every day and he's getting love for it. Gotcha. We don't. And is that kind of where you feel like race kind of ties in and plays into it because he's white and not black, that he's getting all this additional attention for doing what any man should probably be doing? Yeah. Well, it's like this. It's like this there's, how can I put it? White men, because they control the media construct, they always have to be the hero. Mm, I see. So if you go in there all the time, so of course, this is not something black folks generated. This is something the media pushed and they put it out there and they stuck it to everyone's face and they said, Oprah, go interview them, right? So it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of like this. So it's kind of like in the, in the domain of... Um, you know, that white male privilege thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go back to, if you go back in history for slavery, white, white, Christian white men validated slavery because, oh, I know they're slaves, but we, we're taking care of them and we're feeding yeah. them. Aren't yeah. we so nice? No, you own them. You treat them. No, no, right. you're not so nice, right? No, right. you're not so nice. And, and you got, you got the whole thing today. And the other side of that is, is that just, add some more for how men act is that remember the 1619 project the sister mm -hmm. of the new yep. york times and then when you had school systems that started to want to teach the real history of slavery in america mm -hmm. what happened they didn't want that, that. Number, number 45 says we're going to do a patriotic education patriotic education means all the heroes look like me yeah. that's why you had that patriotic thing so so it's like the um so it's like man to man, we can see that the way they are like this. We can see that, yeah, you know, um, you kind of think you're better than us. Mm. I see. You kind of think you're better than us. It's kind of like blowing a little bit hot, but I'm just saying that that's, there's that animosity at the core. Like, you know, no, he's not better than us. Why is everyone saying he is? Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. All right. I think we have one more question here at the bottom. Um, all right, so from Sheena again. Okay, you said that your first question was towards what you've heard and seen. Thank you. I have a second question. How can we help black men be more comfortable with their emotions? Ooh. 
I think that's, that's anyone. That's it. <laughs> uh, I would say um, number one, I, I think that the um, you're gonna get you're only gonna get men to express their emotions one on one. It's not going to come out, you know, we're not going to be emotional in front of a group. It's not going to come out there, right? One-on-one. And sometimes, and sometimes it's the question, are you okay? Is everything okay? And just stand in that inquiry and they'll eventually, they'll tell you. They will reveal it because they will reveal it to you after they get the sense that it's safe for them to do it. Like, I'm going to share what I'm going to share. I'm going to be emotional. I can cry about things. This bothers me. Those kind of things. Is I'm clear that this is a safe place for me to share everything. That's when they're comfortable. But they're only going to be. But if you're in a relationship with him, he's on, he's going to be comfortable with a few people, right? And if you're that safe place where he can unwind and unpack his emotions and doesn't have and fully take his guard down. But, you know, that's, that's not going to happen overnight. That's peeling right. an onion. That, that's peeling an onion. Yeah. So to speak. Love it. Absolutely. That, 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 that's how that goes. Okay. So pretty much creating a safe space. And that's something that's a process, not a one and done deal. That's what I'm can't, taking. Can't, can't, no, it's not going to happen overnight. I've been just, I've been around forever and I still don't do it. Like, mm. like, I, like I should do it. So, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, mm. I know that a lot of the things I'm talking about, I'm guilty of. So I'm saying that the, um, so I'm just sharing my perspective, not my perfectness, right? Gotcha. You get the point, hey, right? Hey, we appreciate right. it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, that's all the questions that I see in the chat. Um, I do want to go ahead and thank you very much for taking the time to share with us this evening. Um, I know that we have a couple more questions. So also I want to thank everybody for joining in, tuning in. Thank you for the great questions that you guys asked. Thank you for, again, just chiming in and sharing with us. Um, there will be more series and more conversations. I would like to invite you back, Charles, to continue the discussion. Sure. <laughs> so um, be on the lookout for that. We'll probably be sending out another email with um, another date and time if you guys would like to um, come in for the next session that we have, okay? So with that, I would just again like to thank you for your time. I appreciate you sharing with us and everybody, you guys have a great evening.